everybody, and welcome to another awesome episode of Movie Guys Podcast. And tonight we're talking about scary stories to tell in the dark. I am Jordan. I'm joined here, like always, with Eric and best friend Ryan. Eric, how are you doing tonight? I'm sitting around a campfire and watching this movie. I, I am excited this movie came out. I didn't even ask for this movie. But for some reason, Guillermo del Toro was just like, no, it needs to be done. And um, and here we are watching this movie. I mean, Ryan, are you excited for this? I'm so-so. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not too uh, Yeah, I'm not too thrilled by it, but um, I mean, I wasn't huge into these books when I was a kid either. No, you weren't. Really? No, I mean, I had them. I think every, like most kids that read books had them. I just, I mean, I've read each of them. I know I've read each of them. I just don't remember. Like, the only story I can remember is um, the, the girl on the grave, or the girl who stood on the grave. Yeah, yeah. Something like uh, that. That's the only one I can remember, where she accidentally stabs her own gown and dies of fright. Yep, have a common story. Dying of fright happens all the time. Now, here's an obvious question here. What was more memorable for you guys growing up? Was it the stories in the books or was it the illustrations? I mean, both. I mean, it, you know, like it had its own effect to everything because it depends on what reading age you were at or, or I guess, how into scary stories you were. But uh, those stories were, uh, no matter what, I mean, those are uniquely identifiable within itself. It's, uh, it's a brand, you know? Those, uh, it is a are, brand. Are they oil paintings? Is it? Is, are, are they oil paintings? Yeah, I'd say they're, they're oil. Charcoal, aren't they? I thought they were just charcoal. They're black and white and scratchy. I mean, yeah, they are unique uh, to the book. No matter what they are. They, they they look great. And no matter what the picture is, if that if it's that style, people will automatically go to this series of books. Like, yep, yeah, that's scary stories. The one that I always remembered was the woman, uh, was the girl with the red ribbon around her neck that follows her life and, you know, marriage and all that stuff. And then when she dies, uh, her husband said, why did you wear that ribbon? Can you please take it off? And she said, okay. And she takes off the ribbon and her head falls off. Yep. I always liked the Viper. I don't know the Viper. You don't? know the viper uh well and ryan said that he, he doesn't remember much of the books you guys don't remember the viper at all no i don't no. maybe maybe I refresh my memory yeah you know what it's a quick story uh it was in the first uh, in the first book i believe but uh basically this guy is uh, just hanging out in his apartment he's you know i don't know he's up up in his apartment loft somewhere on the 10th floor something like that and he hanging out on a saturday just just relaxing it's a phone call and um there's a deep voice that says i'm in the viper i'm Coming tomorrow morning. And it hangs up. The guys is like, what the hell was that? That was kind of creepy, but it's just a prank call and whatever the hell. Gets up the next morning, and sure enough, he gets a phone call early in the morning and says, I am the Viper. I'm coming in two hours. The guy's just like, well, what the hell? It's probably just a follow-up. It's kind of a weird thing. Um, you know, a couple, uh, uh, you know, almost two hours go by. It's almost like, uh, almost to that, to that time, ten minutes before. He gets a phone call. And sure enough, it's that voice again. It's deep, this deep voice. He says, I'm the Viper. I'll be there in 10 minutes. And the guy's started to get a little scared now. He's like, what the fuck is going on, man? Like, I, I don't know what the hell to expect. This is going to come through. And sure enough, 10 minutes comes up and knocks at the door. Boom, boom, boom. 
he's kind of freaked out a little bit. He opens the door and there's this little short German man that says, I am the Viper. I wish to wash and wipe your windows. <laughs> oh my god. That's a scary story? Really? In, in the first scary story book, they had like, because uh, there's different chapters. There's like ones that are about ghosts. There's ones that are about supernatural. I think there's there's like the songs, the silly songs. It's like the Hearst song, um, which was in this movie, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and they had like a little funny section too. Um, like a little, like a little, you know, lighthearted kind of story ones. So they had stories of all, of all size or of all of all types you know they did in the second hmm. too they did my favorite one was about the baseball about the two guys who love yeah. baseball yeah well I, I what i found interesting about this movie is we get a period piece 68 yeah i was completely shocked about that because i'm sure you guys would agree with some of these reviews that i've read online before seeing the movie it is goosebumps the movie for older teen, younger adult age, like 16 to 18, this movie's perfect for. That's a pretty good way of putting that. It's a pretty good Do you guys way agree with that? that? Yeah. I, yeah, I, think, that. Yeah. I think the best way to describe it is Nickelodeon horror. Oh, this is more hardcore than Nickelodeon, uh, Nickelodeon horror. I mean, I Harold, think, uh, Scarecrow. and uh, I think, well, I mean, Are You Afraid of the Dark? There are some episodes where the monsters do, like the, 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 the creatures of the shows do tend to get a bit uh, done up. Okay. I mean, I, but... Yeah. But you would still say that this is Nick... I mean, this, this has to be like teen, teen Nick horror. Come on, you gotta go with like well, teen the, Nick. Well, the budget was a lot better for this, I can tell you that, because I thought the monsters looked pretty cool. Uh, in this one, it was just really like... Uh, apparently, um, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but the pale fat lady was played by Andy Serkis? <laughs> Are <laughs> you kidding me? I would doubt that. Uh, uh, let's... If that's true, let me take that's true. I can't be true. I'm pretty sure that it was it was credited for for that. Hold on, let's take a look again. Wow. Well, while he's looking it up, uh, this movie did not make its money back. Um, it had a budget of 28 million, and it only grossed 23.3. That's in the first three days. You gotta you gotta calm down, Jordan. Yeah, but you would think. Okay, okay. You know what? Before we get into the uh, nuts and bolts of the movie here. Wrong month to release this, right? This should be Halloween week, right? Well, I mean, it yeah, all depends I... on what's what, what's coming out in October. I know it's coming out the beginning of September, so th that that would be like the big one to avoid. But I don't know what what is coming out in October. Well, we're reviewing stuff that's coming out in October, and there's no big horror movies coming out in October at all. That's why I'm shocked, because this needs to be released. And in October, every, it's summer. People are partying, having a good time. The last thing they want to think about is scary ghosts and goblins. The only thing that's coming out in October is Zombieland 2, and that's what we're reviewing. I, I really want to look this up. I swear I saw I it. mean, like, so... So we get we get some of the stories from the original book. Um, of course, we get um, Harold, who is the uh, who is the scarecrow. Uh, we get the uh, we get the pale lady and uh, the big toe one. Remember that story, the big toe one. Um, that was in the first book. The other ones, were, yeah, were not. The other ones were like from the third. Um, 
Oh no, maybe the, Mod the, is classic. Me, me, they had a lot of references to other ones. Me Taito D Walker, uh, the Wendigo, um, were all were all the stories. Those were those were great. So so Ryan, out of like, out of like out of like the major ones, because there's small little ones. They have like you know, the jangly man and and all this stuff, but. Out of all of them, which one was your favorite? Like the big toe, the red spots, Harold, the scarecrow. Which one do you like? Um, like in terms, of, like what do you mean? What what's your um, parameters? Like, is it the monster? How it's shot? How does it build into the story? Like, you just ask me, like, what I thought was the coolest. Yeah, coolest. I guess would be the easiest way, and you can add kind of add your own flair to that. Well, I thought the pale lady segment was was the best. Why is that? I just thought it was well. I mean, you could say that the um, the toe was the creepiest, but I feel like just with the with the uh, change to the red lights for mm-hmm. the like the you know everyone needs to be on alert, and uh, just the endless loop as he's running through, mm-hmm. and then the 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 design of the pale lady. Now the face. Um, on the monster wasn't that great because the CGI wasn't that good on it. I didn't think it was. They just. They looked exactly like it did in the book. Okay, that's that's exactly to a T what she looks like. But go ahead. Reading some bullshit here because I think that they uh, they use a lot of prosthetics for a lot of this too. No, I'm I'm not saying that the all the monsters are CGI, but they're like watching that in the theater. The face looked like it was CGI. Sure. Okay. But it's still, I guess, the, the monster itself was still pretty cool. I'm not gonna, yeah. not gonna say the face ruins the whole thing. I just thought that whole sequence was very well done compared to a lot of like uh, some of the other ones. And you, you still compare it to Nickelodeon Horror when that was a good segment? No, I'm not, I don't. Well, see, here's the thing: I'm not using Nickelodeon Horror in a derogatory sense. I'm, like, I'm using that as like the targeted demographic. Like it's a horror movie, and there's scary elements to it, but it's not like it's not like The Conjuring. You know, Conjuring is also PG-13, but that is vastly, uh, that is a different type of horror uh, they're going for in that one than they are in this. And even in, um, what's the other movie James Wan made? They have four, Insidious. Yeah. yeah. You know, those are, those are tense. Those are tense movies. This, this is not a tense movie. So, so Ryan, do you think this movie was very predictable then? predict not really because i mean I, I haven't i mean i didn't read the stories and but i mean it, you know obviously i was surprised that they all didn't come back at the end the um the two characters that that got taken right um but i mean other than that i knew like they were they were gonna save the day like they, they, they weren't the main character wasn't gonna end up you know in a state um where this is the end of her story or like she's not gonna be the victor at the end Got kind of a a ring vibe from it actually, um, uh, where you know they main character or characters in this um, kind of it, people are introduced and then they find a supernatural cursed item and then it opens Pandora's box and it's up to them to close it again or solve the puzzle, figure it out, which they did. Move on next story. This does leave it open for even more uh, yeah. scarier things to tell around. Uh, the, yeah, so we'll we'll see. I um, I do think though that they could have fit more, maybe in there. 
more like um, just just more overall monsters or more of a story? More the more the more the reference. Like the story, I I, I get because the story itself is a story uh, in in the books. It's called the haunted house. Uh, the haunted house. Oh really? Okay. And I believe that's the one where the doctor goes. I, th- those a lot of those stories, if you read them, like just throw away your fucking light logic or any sort of people just walk into houses. That's just how it was back then. I guess it, the all the books are like from like referring to 1910s. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe 20s because auto mobiles were around too. Um, anyway, but some guy like goes up to a farmhouse and he's exhausted from the night's travel and wants to stay the night, blah, blah, blah. It's an abandoned house, so he thought he could just squat and he's in the room and he hears the wailing ghost, something, 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 finds the body, gives it a proper burial, solves the mystery. Everyone, everyone has a, has a day. Uh, I think that's. So this is that movie then. There you go. Yeah, that's pretty much it so they basically took that that story and made it the the main and they fit it they fit uh, in Harold the the scarecrow which is pretty cool um that one's you know it, that one's just about two two farmers who made a scarecrow like this guy that they hate and they just kind of use him as a punchy bag and sure enough scarecrow gets them both yeah he gets them both yeah he always gets the one um, he turns him into a scarecrow not in the book but yes in the, book, in the movie, they do. In the movie, movie they do, yeah. In the, in the book, it just kills them. So, uh, Eric, what do you think about this being a period piece in 1968? Um, did you think it was necessary? Do you think they could have made this modern time if they really wanted to? Or do you think this time period was actually good for the story? So, here's a theory, is that we are going to see more movies being made in a 95 and then before. Uh, era when it comes to a lot of scary movies because the absence of technology uh, answers a lot or it helps the plot a lot, a lot. Um, doing a movie with technology, uh, uh, you get like certain, you can use it to your advantage, let's say like a paranormal activity, you know, something like that. But to come up with different creative ways, you know, you can get more out of the imagination if it's just, you know, uh, sound, you know what I mean, and I think I think that's what we're trying to what we're gonna see here. Or they're just piggybacking off of maybe um, it and it's it's uh, older or like a Stranger Things where they just like yeah, older just seems to work. Right? How about you? What do you feel? Well, I think see, uh, watching it and and um, trying to figure out why the movie has to be set in 1968. I, for the life of me, could not figure out why it had to be set in 68. Because they, 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 <laughs> they, they talk about, like, they, they make a big point. Uh, well, not a big point, but they, they bring it up enough to where it should have an impact outside of Ramon just being a draft dodger. But, like, they bring up the Vietnam War, uh, the election of Richard Nixon. Uh, and, and I understand, like, that would be, you could, you could tie that in with the themes of, like, growing up that, 68 was kind of the watershed year where like the the decade of love in the 60s was kind of going out because Vietnam was turning into a bad thing for America where it just became our we were sending our boys over to get killed um, you know and this is the start of the, the Nixon administration um, which in hindsight you know uh, not very good uh, with the whole Watergate thing um, but like 
I, for life of me, could not figure out why it had to be set in 1968 other than Guillermo del Toro just loves period pieces. Or... The book was written in the 80s. Or what Eric said, though. I mean, it makes easier with no technology. I don't I make it easier. I, I understand that, but, like, these things need to have a reason, right? Like, he, and it just seems kind of cheap to be like, well, we can't... The way to write ourselves out of these problems is to just make it... Set it in a period where they don't have these things uh and that just seems that seems cheap to me you know like it could it could you, you know if you you could make a way you could find a way if you were you know a good enough writer you could find a way to make it all work even with cell phones and laptops and, and you know instant messaging um but i mean that takes thought and maybe time who knows um and yeah, just, seems like, just like an easy way out and that doesn't was make any thing. sense for Stranger Things to be taking place in the 80s. It, 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 there's no reason for it to be taking place in the 80s. Well, that see, that is kind of a different scenario because that is that is a love letter by those two guys to the movies and the books and the shows yeah. they watched when they were kids. I agree with so that. So that one, that's on a different okay. sort of criteria. I can argue this, with you. That's good. Yeah, this is just... Uh, it's just a, a movie that happens to be set in the 60s. I'm, I'm assuming because Guillermo del Toro loves period pieces. If now, now, one of you guys said this earlier. Why is this movie being made? Eric, I'm going to ask you that question because you said that. Why is this being made? Why are we watching this? I mean, there's no reason for them to do this right now. There's not a new book, right? I mean, what's... Well, why I'm are we curious doing this? Because if this is going to be like a trend, so that they did the Goosebumps series and they did this series, then are we about to see maybe a revival? And we're also seeing Little Women uh, uh, soon as well too. So we're seeing adaptations of of or readaptations of uh, popular books and movies uh, yet again. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if if we got to see like a Hardy Boys or a Babysitters Club movie coming up here. I like. I feel like it's in the works. Like it's just they're going to do popular nostalgic series and just kind of do it. maybe do if we get some animorphs, an animorphs movie. Would you guys <laughs> go? Would you guys go check that out? We would have to do for movie guys. That's the only reason why we would watch it is because of the show. Oh my god, I can't wait for animorphs. Book, be Books, uh, book adaptations sell, and any author or publication that owns one, uh, they would be happy to make a buck off a movie script. Even if it's if it's kind of silly, I'm sure, I don't know if R.L. Stein uh, made it made us a few pennies off of that, but um, I, I'm sure he had to, have, right? I mean, or sold something. So I don't see why it wouldn't be any different from here. I would be excited to see another movie from this because there are a lot more stories that they could do. Uh, I think that this movie seems simple enough to make. I yeah, I think that maybe just. Uh, the the theme helped for budget as well too because they can just kind of use the you know the set clothes that have been around for a while. Well, see now my question is, if they do another movie or no, just fuck that, if they let's say they would do this different, would it have been better if the whole movie was just one story from the book? They just added onto it and explored it more than to having every little monster. You know, I mean, like, could it be the no, whole these, movie these just the big toe? Short stories, like all these little. All well, these, I know these are. It's not even like a this book. This book doesn't even break a hundred pages. I don't think. Uh, they, I mean, they're thin little books. You know, they're 
Um, and they all have short, they all have short stories. Like that girl with the uh, the spiders in her cheek. I think that's like a page story, isn't it? It's like. Well, yeah, but I mean, like Stephen King's uh, Children of the Corn was first published in Playboy, and they made a feature-length film out of that. I think I think if you try to take. Um have one monster for the whole movie it wouldn't i don't think it would work out because these monsters aren't really that fleshed out i don't really think there's much to them you know like i get with the cerebellos because they like i don't know if they created her for this movie or if that's called from another story in one of the books but even that only like you only get so much information it's, I don't really think without those other monsters, I don't think she could sustain a full movie. I don't think the pale lady could sustain a full movie. True. Maybe the maybe the jangly man. Maybe he was not in the books. They made him up for this. Yeah. See, there you go. I did not hear that guy Although before. His, I mean, his head that rolled down and said, "Me, Toji Walker." That is a story in the books. I just, I mean, this movie kept on bringing me back to a 2001 horror film, 13 Ghosts. That's just kind of what it brought me to. And I don't really want to see 13 Ghosts 2. I want to see scary stories. You guys know what I mean? Like, that's why I'm curious if they could have done just one or two, maybe. Instead of doing multiple, you know, I, like I maybe wanna, Big Toe and Harold. I think they could have done more. I, I really think they, they could. I like the or way more they, monsters. How, the, I like the way they did it, how they fit in the deaths. Uh, yeah. and, we, and we did get some good deaths. We got some, we got five on-screen deaths. I think this is a pretty good, a decent kill count for for this movie. That's fine. I like that. That's great. No blood. Um, and, That's right. There's no blood. Yeah, and 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 because of that, I think we we could have got maybe one or two more. You know, on a, maybe a quick elevator death for uh, there's a room for one more, which is a very popular story. I don't know if you guys remember. Mm-hmm. There's room for one more, and a guy says, "No, no thanks." And the elevator crashes. Um, or, uh, I mean, you know, what, whatever one you can think of. I mean, oh, when Marvin comes is a good one. That's about a giant cat. Kind of freaky. <laughs> I just, I was just curious about it. Cause it's like, you know, I think they could have added more, but then like, I remember there's a movie about a killer scarecrow called scarecrow. They made four of those. So it's like, God, do I really want that movie? I, I, I don't, I don't know. It's like. I was just, I guess I wanted more, and this movie is goosebumps just for, like, 16 to 18. I mean, it's the same basic plot, right? You know, they find a book. It, it writes itself where the story goes on, right? It's 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 it's, it's the same shit. Yeah. I, I, I have not that. seen the Goosebumps movies. Uh, huh? See, here's, here's an example. So the Goosebumps movies tried to throw in a lot, whereas this didn't do as much. You know, like it could have. Yeah. You guys remember the hook? Like that's a popular story too. Could have done. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's an urban legend. Yeah, it is an urban legend. Yeah. So um, I wonder if that's maybe why they didn't do it. Well, I mean, going into this movie, um, because I hadn't watched any trailers, because I didn't have any real interest in watching the movie. Um, and so I was hoping for something like. Not necessarily anthology, but something like uh, the movie Trick or Treat. Okay. We have it's like an ensemble where they're all woven together and they all interact at some point. Um, I was kind of hoping for something like that, but you know, that's what is. Trick or Treat is actually really fun, and I agree with you, Ryan. I think that would have been 
a better way to go. Yeah, because, like, um, there's this one movie, I think it's called Fun Night, maybe? Um, it's, like, from 2008. It's a Nickelodeon movie. And it's, like, their version of a uh, teen's raunchy night on the town sort of thing, going party to party. It also takes mm-hmm. place on Halloween. Um, and I was thinking, like, I was hoping it would, like, at least it would have something similar to that, like a vibe similar to that, but... It, you know, it, it kind of does. It kind of does, and, and like the tame, the tame uh, violence that it has. But uh, yeah. So my so my question for both of you before we close out the show on this one is, would this have been better if this was a hard R? No. no. It doesn't you need want it. To hard R. Didn't need it. Yeah, it does. I don't think it needs to be R. Like I, I, I got, I, I got what they were going for. Like the, I can understand like the emotions and everything that they're trying to uh, put you through in this movie, um, without you know all the violence and the blood. Because I mean, I, I mean, I would say like the jangly man is creepy just on his own. Um, what they do with Augie, where they where it gets a drug under the bed, that's pretty. You know, that's pretty scary. You don't need blood for that one. Yeah. <laughs> It also in in that scene when he is being dragged underneath the the bed, um, because that's it's iconic because that's the the big toe story, um, yeah. Which by the way, uh, yeah, when that happened, I I gagged, I I actually gagged. That grossed me the fuck out. Just, oh, <laughs> oh god, that was gross, dude. Oh, <laughs> he's doing it on the show. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, and so I thought it was weird how he was like when he was. Spitting it out, oh. he was still like sucking the juices off of it oh. as he was as he was pulling it from his mouth. Dude, this <laughs> jackass was it three? I think that one too. Oh my god, where he drank the horse semen. Uh, yeah, that, that I gagged real hard on that one too. So it, this is bad. But um, I was disappointed that they did not take the opportunity as he was being hunted because she's going, you know, who has my toe? Who has my toe? And then when she grabs him, <clears throat> when she grabs him, she should have said, "You got it." You're supposed to do it in the books. You're supposed to say, "You got it." So instead, she just screamed. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, they. They missed some opportunities, but do we really want them to? I don't know. I mean, I'm like back and forth on it because, like, she should have said, "You got it," because that's the classic line. But then it's like you're expecting that, so I want something new. Yeah, I just I don't. Well, that's the hard thing is that I'm I'm watching it with such a hard bias that it would, um, yeah. Right. I. I mean, like I can tell that you are definitely the fan. I'm like kind of like the mild fan, and and Ryan is not a fan. The series I, holds a special place. It really does. So yeah, a lot of good bonding with my family with around the campfire with this. Was there was there one story, Eric? Uh, just one story that you wish they would have made into this. There's uh, so they made good references. Like I, I would have liked to have seen uh, the Wendigo. That would have been pretty cool. Uh, um, or the Ryan, the girl, uh, the girl stood in the grave. That would have been a good one too. But like um, the big toe's got to be a good one. I'm looking at all of them right now. Oh, the babysitter. But that they made it into a movie. The Viper, which I told the story. Uh, a lot of these are just urban legends. Wasn't the babysitter the the one missed call essentially? The yes. calls are coming from inside the house. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's like uh, the the new pet, which is basically their legend about uh, yeah Sam's new pet, 
which is I thought it was a Chihuahua, but it's actually Mexican sewer rat. Wow. <laughs> Isn't there an urban legend where where a killer in the house in the stories too, where a killer in the house puts a dog in the microwave? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um I wonder if that's I think that's in is that one of these? Or is that from the actual movie, The Urban Legend? I think I'm thinking of the movie Urban Legend. But again, this book, these these series of the books, a lot of them have urban legends in them. Um, so yeah, I I mean, I have to go over them to see which ones I'd like to see again. But um, I mean, those would be nice. The Haunted House, yeah, that's where it is. Uh, they sang the songs. I again, wait till Marvin comes. Martin, that's what it was. It was one of my favorite ones. I think that was just a funny story. Uh, Strangers, that's a good one. The, the, the Dead Hand. Mm. I mean, there's there's a lot of them that they could have done. So that's why I think there, there's room for a, a sequel. In or, well, they got to, right? I mean, it'll be fun if they do, but... They made their money back, I, right? No, it made for 28. They've made 23, so not quite there. On yeah, the, but it will. I mean, they have to make... Yeah, it's just that's just three days. I mean, they all all they have to do is really make sixty million, and they should be fine. That's all. <laughs> oh, let's get to our popcorn ratings here, Ryan. What is your popcorn rating for scary stories that tell in the dark? I'm gonna go small bag on this one. Um, I think for its targeted demographic, of which I am not, I think that it it, it probably would it probably would sell well. Um, it's uh it, the movie it's not like out and out scary um it does have some pretty good imagery with the monsters in it that's why it, it for me it doesn't get the no bags um i i really loved the design of all the monsters i think that's one of, that was one of the benefits of having Guillermo del Toro on board is like this be like he's shepherding the project through um but i mean overall it the script isn't that good um some of the acting from the the teens in the movie is kind of uh, dreadful in parts. Um, I didn't understand again, like I said earlier, why it had to be set in the '60s, and just some of the stuff, like um, the storyline with um, Stella and her mom has gone missing. They didn't even bother to conclude that or give some sort of <laughs> uh, wrap up to that storyline. I'm assuming because the because I mean the movie ends with that with her. And her father and Ruthie driving off uh, somewhere next yeah, to a what train. What the fuck was that? Saying what? that they're gonna they're gonna bring them back, you know. So like it's setting itself up for the sequel. It's expecting it's it was expecting itself to be good enough to get a sequel already. So maybe you know that would that's gonna be a big part of number two, um, but. I was like, because I was expecting her to be a Bella. Like, it's revealed she's a Bella or something, and that's how she can, you know, how she was able to activate whatever secret code she needed to to get the, the book to start doing what it, what it does. Um, but, you know, um, yeah, it just, the movie wasn't for me. That's, I think that's the best way to put it. It just wasn't for me. All right, Eric, what is your popcorn rating for Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark? This movie was for me. It was I am the, the demographic because I did grow up with this, and it was very impressionable on me, and it's just, just how it was. I love the series. Um, I, was, I was excited to see this movie. Um, this is just plain and simply a PG-13 
datum movie. I mean, that's what it is. There are some movies that just play like uh, you go through a haunted house uh, when it's, you know, around Halloween. And this movie is just that. You know, it, this is just a haunted house ride for an hour and 50. So just, just buckle up and just kind of uh, have have fun with a little... A little scary story. That's basically what this is. It's not anything crazy. It's not like an uber horror. Um, it's just a, another scary story to tell around the dark. I think that that's basically what, what they did. And I, I like the, the references. I was, I was looking for them. Um, I really was. Uh, just eyeing them as much as I can. Um, I wish there were a little bit more. Because, again, there's a bunch of these short little stories. And I think you could just fit in, like, a, just even uh, whether it be a sentence or an image or... Uh, you know, just a, a little detail here, it would have gone a long way. Uh, this is a medium bag, just, and I'll give with a bunch of butter and popcorn, just because it's an easy watch. That is plain and simply what it is. It's not going to make any lists, it's not going to win any awards, but it sure is just an easy watch, and um, another Halloween movie to, to add into the, the trick-or-treat bag. Yeah, I mean, uh, Eric's right. This is definitely an easy watch, um, an easy watch that I did not sign up for. I, I mean, I was expecting when I first heard that it was PG-13, my ambitions and hopes kind of got throughout the window. Because just like you, Eric, when I was growing up being young and impressionable, those images, the drawing scared the living shit out of me. So when I heard they were making the movie, I was expecting hard horror, scary, oily, you know, just nasty shit. Um, I didn't get that in this movie, so I, I guess that's, that that was the movie I was looking for. Um, the movie, well, the books were made for family, and this movie was made for the family. Uh, I don't know those images. I don't, or I don't think are really made for those. Are some, I mean, like that's like border school, like. Oh come on, that's like borderline H.R. Geiger shit right there. I mean, that's 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 some hardcore shit. Some of those images. Up. Yeah. Okay. Getting exposed to that. I mean, as you're when you're a kid, when were you looking at creepy shit? I don't remember the age. What? I, 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 90, 95, 96. I took, I, I was 9, 10, I guess, when I looked the books up. There was some creepy ass shit in those books. But, you can um, handle it. You can, what I'm saying, you can handle it at that age. Uh, I agree with Ryan that I thought that some of the acting was definitely a little lackluster on it. But I also have to agree with Ryan on this as well. It's a, it's, it, it is a small bag for me. It, it's just, it wasn't the movie that I wanted. A small bag. Um, but we hope next week is not going to be a small bag for any of us because we're going to be going back the comedy route. We're going to be doing a review of Good Boys, another Seth Rogen super bad, super bad prequel, right? Super bad two or whatever. That's what's this going to be? You think it'll be super bad Redux? Super bad Redux. This is what it's going to be. You think it'll be part of the, like it's all? Do you think there's such thing as a is a Seth Rogen verse? I mean, yeah, right. That's what all, I mean. Like it all ends with this is the end, right? What would they What would they call the Seth Rogen shared universe? The the Stonerverse. Stonerverse. There you go. You should you should, you should email James Franco and Seth Rogen that. Yeah, I, I'm I, good. I wonder what you. Hmm. Oh well. What are they? What? Because I know that they like Will Ferrell and and all of them were like were the frat pack. Remember the how they were making. They play on the Rat Pack. They sort of be yeah. the Rat Pack because they made all those uh, kind of college movies. This is the Bud Pack. Bud Pack. You know, like Bud yeah, as Bud Buddies pack. or okay. Bud as in Bud of Weed. They have a name for that, yeah. Yeah, Bud Pack. There we go. Um, 
wonder if they just call them the Apatow Crew. Apatow Crew. Uh, C-R-U-E, right? But no, there's a K. K-R-U. Just K-R-U. Crew. Uh, nice. Nice. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. You can check us out at MovieGuysPodcast.com, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Just, first, just search for Movie Guys Podcast. Download this episode that you're listening to, of course, and many others on iTunes, on Spotify, and on iHeartRadio, and, of course, at MovieGuysPodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening, everybody, and we'll be back next week for another awesome episode with Good Boys. Have a good night.